welcome to episode three of The Cutting Edge with Jackknife. I got Big Red Matt with me today, and I got a special guest joining us, Frank Curto of Empire Sports Media. He is my our former editor at Elite Sports New York, so anytime I made a grammatical error or an error with stats, I'm the one, I would, he was the one I would panic texting, like, Frank, Frank, you gotta help me! <laughs> but now Frank, he also writes for forever blue shirts and runs the ranger proud facebook page how are you doing gentlemen i'm doing great i'm hanging in i'm hanging in implant is uh, settling so apologies on the uh mispronunciations or muffled sounding words yeah speaking of pronunciate pronunciations my friend alex glaude heard you say have bit you once the last time you were on one of our regular episodes and he here's the thing he's he's french canadian like he's a big Habs fan he wants to reach through the computer and strangle you how <laughs> is it it's habitants or something it's habitants right? i if, i don't know he's now he's probably gonna strangle me after hearing <laughs> that but anyway okay well, i hope the habituants do it for his sake <laughs> all right so <laughs> don't lie no one saw this. Okay, we probably saw one team in it coming, but no one saw the Habs going, which I think we're going to just jump into it right away. Who was the biggest surprise to you two? And I think we all, we're all going to say the Habs, right? The fact they made it this far. I'll let you go first, Frank. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, based on who's left, I would say the Habs, though I think they were a very underappreciated team throughout the playoffs. I mean, this team was built for the Stanley Cup Finals. Four lines deep, great penalty killing, great goaltending. So it, it was a surprise. To me, it was a surprise how much they dominated the Knights, the Golden Knights, especially power play and special team-wise. Um, I, I think the Knights kind of bit themselves in the ass, rotating goaltenders. I don't believe in that in the playoffs. Played a hot guy until he loses instead of this alternating. I think that really did them in. Um, on the other side, I, the Island on the Lightning series was a great series, regardless that the Islanders didn't score goals in the last two games. There was a continuation battle from last year's semifinals. So uh, definitely the Canadians would be the surprise. Absolutely. I mean, if, if it's not the Canadians, I really don't know what you've been watching because they entered not just as the fourth seed, but as the actual lowest seeded team in the playoffs, seeded below two teams, the defending uh, Western Conference champ Dallas and the New York Rangers. And it's kind of amazing that they were able to, I guess, survive uh, through the regular season because they clearly are built for the playoffs, one. But it's amazing that their biggest concern was getting there in the first place because that's what their record says. Price is turning the clock backwards, and they kind of play the same way the Islanders play, but arguably better and arguably more effective because their guys are more sizable, especially on defense. So hands down, it has to be the Canadians. Has to be. Absolutely. I mean, we were all ready to write them off once they were matched up with Toronto, but you know, Toronto still has their issues getting past the first round round. Then they absolutely steamrolled the Winnipeg Jets. And Vegas, I don't know if you could say maybe they were tired after facing Colorado. I, I kind of like to say Vegas has like a little Pittsburgh Steelers syndrome in the sense that they probably downplay their opponents and look forward to the next round. But, you know, I'm, maybe I'm reaching a bit there. But, yeah, this team is very similar to the Islanders. I feel like if the Islanders did win, I probably would go with the Islanders just because I think 
the Islanders do have a superstar center and Barzell. And I feel like that would be the difference, but yeah, no one, no smart hockey fan would have picked Montreal at the start of this. And yeah, if you were to go back two months ago, tell me this is what it was going to be. I'm like, you're messing with me. This isn't true. The fact that the Habs were in the playoffs at all. And the fact that they made it through the Leaf series and beyond, I mean, to credit the Habs, their penalty kill in the postseason has been uh, the best throughout the playoffs, and it's been over 90% in all their series. So that has been a really frustrating part for a lot of the teams that they played, namely Winnipeg and namely the Vegas Golden Knights, because once the power play stopped working and they were forced to play five on five for a lot of those two series, I feel like not being able to do anything well if you're the other team playing the Habs not being able to do anything with the man up is really uh, jarring especially for a team like Vegas that relies a lot on the offense and yeah I agree with Frank too because Frank said that uh, they went I love Robin Leonard and I think that he's a phenomenal goalie but look at what the Islanders did in the the, coming off an eight nothing game five they doubled down with Semyon Varlama for game six and that won them that ended up doing, you know, there was ended up being the right call and it extended their series to seven. Whereas the golden Knights, I think made a little bit of a panic mode switch, even though I think they're both great goalies. Leonard goes in, it changes the dynamic of the team a little bit and they, they didn't end up getting it done. But I thought it the other way. I thought after the, the flurry fiasco, when he lost the puck off his stick in between his legs and yeah. the Canadians tied it up, and then he went with Leonard after that game and won. He should have stood with them. Instead, he went with Flurry, and then Flurry lost. I know I'm not a big fan of alternating, regardless of how good both goalies are. Once you get into the playoffs, it's all about who's hot. Right. Whether you're a forward, a defenseman, a goaltender. So Leonard won that big game, got them back, tied up at two. Why not start him again? And then if he loses, maybe you go with Flurry. Instead, he went with the name instead of the skill at, at that particular moment. It sort of bit them in the ass. And I, I think that was their downfall, was the flip flopping. Also, when you're only 9% efficient on your power play, it, it made Montreal look really good. They're at, what is it, 93, 93% efficient right now. Yeah. Remember, that last series against the Knights, they, they had no power play. I don't think their PK is going to be as successful against the Lightning as it was uh, against uh, Agreed. Yeah, I mean, look at the star power Tampa has. You know, you could all, you could all complain about you know, how over the cap they are. I mean – Let's be honest, I think any team would expose that loophole if they could. But, yeah, this is going to be difficult for the Habs to stop if they're going to win. We'll get to our predictions later. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's easily the biggest surprise, the fact that they made this far. So now biggest disappointment, I think I'm going to have to go the Toronto Maple Leafs on this one. I mean, everyone thinks this was the year for them to at least make the conference final or something. This, that North division was practically set up for them to succeed and the, for them to just choke the way they did in the first round. And we just gave the Habs a lot of credit. Not going to take away from them. The Habs did what they needed to do. But yeah, I'm Toronto just, for lack of a better term, just shit the bed. 100%. And it's not even how much it's not even the fact that they blew the three to one series lead, right? Going into this playoff series, like you said, it was built for a Canadian team to come out of the division, 
But when the NHL lined this up last year, you have to be thinking, right, that they're looking at the records and looking at the cumulative, you know, the last few years. They're thinking it's Winnipeg or it's Toronto, right? Just from, and maybe if lightning strikes, pun intended, Edmonton, you know, uh, but you kind of have to laugh because they were favored over 80%, according to the athletics polling, or there's their, 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 the way that they crunched the statistic for that series, favored over 80%, and they blew the three to one series lead. That game six in overtime is exactly where they lost that series because Montreal swung the momentum hard through the last couple of games that they clawed out of that one. And I mean, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. I'm the amount of offense that they have could compare to Tampa, but it, the, the, the mental fortitude, right? The ability to dig deep and, you know, kind of dig yourselves out of playoff mistakes. They don't have that clearly. They're lacking. They, they're kind of the inverse Islanders where they're all star power and skill and almost no grit, no physicality, and yeah. none of that, like, uh, uh, phys- yeah, that grit factor. They don't have that, like, at all. To be fair. To be fair. Like, to be fair. Frank, you probably have no idea what we're referencing there. <laughs> but, but keep going. Yeah. John Tavares was gone after that game one. If I don't Correct. remember that. I mean, losing him was huge. But that being said, they still have the star power. They still have – Awesome, Matthews. They still have Mitch Marner. Willing they Marner. had more than enough. Yeah. More than enough. Yeah, now they're probably – they very well could lose Hyman, the free agency. They – I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Mitch Marner because he's basically like a NHL – Dead man walking. He's basically an NHL Ben Simmons in a way. I mean – Jack I since, and Frank, I sincerely hope they overreact and blow the whole thing up. It would be hilarious for me to watch. <laughs> In the words, yeah, in the words of the urinating tree, Toronto, if you don't win with this core, just delete the franchise. Delete the point. franchise. Now, see, I think I think as bad as Toronto played for me personally, the biggest disappointment was Edmonton. I expected mm. them just to do better to come yeah. out. I mean, how many years are we going to see McDavid right. have great regular seasons? And then, and even though, and especially this year when it was a little different with, with, with the breakdown and then just not advance – upward and you know so it was the goaltending i mean him and, and dryzadi are together and they just can't get it together and it, it's it's a shame it, you know i hate to say it, it reminds me a lot about lundquist but the difference with that is the rangers did win playoff series and did get to a to a the final rangers with them runs yeah they, they made runs they had good seasons they just for whatever reason edmonton just not can get going with the best player in the nhl you just watch him game after game i, I was looking for oiler games on on NBCSN or whatever yeah. streaming I could get. And he dominated. And then they just got shut down. And it, it, he's a one-pony team. It's no good. What I do you don't think, know how long. What do you it, think they do, Frank? What What do you think Edmonton's got to do to address that? I think they have to, believe it or not, do what Buffalo needs to do. They need to show their top guy that they're serious and, and make that big splash. Uh, whatever it might be, I, I don't know. I'm not saying who needs to be moved. They, they need better goaltending. They, they need somewhere else for McDavid to play with. You know, late in that series, they put him in, in, in dry saddle together, which kind of depleted the rest of their team because it just didn't work out as well as they had hoped. It made it easier for the other team to play against them because now they had the two best guys on the ice and you put your best guys all the time against them. And the other three lines, they were getting outplayed all the time. Yeah. So they need a lot more work 
than I think people want to admit to. And, and Edmonton, over the last couple of seasons, made a lot of horrible trades that put them in the spot that they're in now. The Islanders you know, thank Oilers for their top line. I'm <laughs> sure they do. Bovillier, yeah, <laughs> Barzell, and um, Ryan well, Eberle straight up for uh, uh, yeah. I mean Ryan Eberle. Holy cow! Ryan Strom straight up for Jordan Eberle. Hey, Jordan, love that. Say right? Stromer's Stromer's doing well at the Garden. But he is. He's playing very well. So, you know, those mistakes, though, you look back at all those players today and you're like, well, they were all playing with McDavid one time or another. What what happened? So I don't know where they turn, but to me, absolutely the biggest disappointment was the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, I, they they almost snuck by us. Good on you, Frank. Curse Toronto they for literally being won the... no playoff games with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, I I mean, we're everyone was just had their magnifying glass on the Leafs that we completely forgot about the Oilers. So yeah. good catch, good catch there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know what the Oilers do from here. Ken Holland's their GM. You know, he's won Stanley Cups with the Red Wings, but you know that's hockey's much different now than it was then. So yeah, I think even he he made some comments like a few months ago. Like eventually they're going to have to make some kind of big moves, otherwise Connor McDavid could very well be like the way Jack Eichel is now, like got to blow it up all over again. Mm, sure. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this matchup, gentlemen. First, let's go with the underdog. What does Mo- Frank, I'll let you go first. What does Montreal have to do in order to win this series? Continue to do well on the special teams. Carey Price has to outplay Tampa's goalie, which is going to be really hard to do. He's on fire right now. He's got four shutouts. Yeah. Um, great wise, I think they're going to be all right, and it's going to come down to a battle of fourth lines. Montreal is a really solid four line team. Vegas is, but I think overall, I, I like Montreal's four lines. I'm not big, excuse me, Tampa Bay, but I I like the I, I still like their setup. Um, <laughs> I'm still thinking Tampa Bay is going to win it, but I don't think this is going to be a four one kind of series. I, I'm I'm calling this in six games, maybe seven. I just think. Montreal does have that fight. They're right there. Tampa Bay's got a lot riding on it. You know, the defending champs, you always want to win that that two in a row and have that dynasty talk come up. So uh, I think their grit, I think their top players have to keep playing top. And I think Price is going to have to stand on his head. Yeah. yeah. I know. I completely agree with that. And it, I'm probably a little biased because I just watched the Islanders take Tampa to seven. But what I saw particularly in that seventh game, because the Islanders didn't really, I didn't feel that they played um, well. The, Pajot confirmed that he had multiple injuries and he needs surgery was pretty much muted by the time the series rolled around. Same with a lot of their offense, but I look at Montreal and I look at the way that they've advanced. And I have to think that if the Islanders were able to take the, the Tampa Bay lightning defending cup champion, repeat seeking lightning to seven games in the conference final, I think that Montreal is more than capable of winning this series. And I'll tell you why, because they've continued to play physically frustrating. They kind of, so when I, when I say that, I mean that what the Canadians and Islanders do is they kind of start the game and let the team in front of them, you know, they'll give them chances, but they'll control everything in the outside or give them, you know, a really maze shot with block shot with a bunch of traffic in front. They'll let the team kind of pour out a little bit of juice let the chances come and then obviously capitalize when they make either a mistake, a bad pass, a turnover, whatever it might be. 
Montreal does that with their blue line. And yes, they continue to hold that very strong 93 point something percent PK. That's a huge part of it because Tampa makes their living on this power play. So if they can continue to frustrate them offensively, get that big physical structure in front, keep everything off to the outside. And yes, Carey Price has to outduel Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. That is a more than tall order. Vasilevsky has been probably the undisputed best goalie in the world for the last couple of years. So that's a tall order in that of itself. But Price has been, he's shown that he's turning the clock back this playoffs a lot. And his, his performance, I think, I think it's very fitting ultimately that Price and Vasilevsky meet in the final. Cause I do think they're two of the best goalies, the two best goalies in this whole playoffs. So Yes. Can Price outduel Vasilevsky? Maybe not every night. As long as the penalty kill maintains what they've been doing to like a more or less, you know, 5% difference, that would be another key. And then just continue to play the young kids. Cole Caulfield, that kid, Nick Suzuki, two of their main drivers on offense, just bury the opportunities when they come. And they could probably take this series from Tampa from a, you know, I, I would say probably a mentally more susceptible team since they've already won. And now the pressure is on them to repeat. Montreal has no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tampa Bay isn't coming off, you know, a long rest. I mean, not saying, you know, that that's, you know, a deciding factor. I mean, look in 1994, the Canucks had a long rest, but the Rangers still beat them in seven games. But the thing is, Tampa's worn down after playing, of Islanders team that took them to the brink, you know, played a very physical style and look at Nikita Kucherov. I mean, he says he's not hurt, but I definitely think he's got a broken rib or something. He's just not going to, obviously you're not going to admit it. Otherwise, you know, guys like Brendan Gallagher or Shea Weber will target him, you know, you know, sneak in a few cross checks, be like, all right, get, get out of here. So yeah, yeah, Tampa, but, Tampa Bay. Montreal needs to be physical and continue to wear down the Tampa Bay Lightning the same way the Islanders did, you know, if they've been paying any attention to that series, which, you know, it's probably hard considering, you know, they got their own series at the time to worry about. But They'll be looking at the tape. Yeah, they'll look at the tape. Be like, okay, we play a similar brand of hockey to these guys. We just gotta we gotta build off of what they left off, left us, I guess. When Montreal upsets Tampa, they should credit the Islanders and the footage from the conference final as to how they helped uh, overcome. Because if they do it, I think that'll be a big part of it. All right. All right. Now let's go to Tampa. What do they have to do to win? Which I I think this is very simple. Just keep doing what they're doing. Roll out the superstars that the four – Lines that they have, which are filled with phenomenal hockey players. Tyler Johnson is on their fourth line. That is saying something. And, you know, the, obviously they got great defense, defensive core. You know, Vasilevsky is a stud. I mean. I, w- I will say this. I will say this because this is what yeah. Tampa did in the, what Tampa did in the final series, the, the conference final series that kind of cost them and kind of ended up stretching it out. Guys like Sergachev, guys like Pat Maroon, those fourth line grinder guys for Tampa, they're susceptible to taking dumb penalties. And the Islanders really goaded a lot out of Mikhail Sergachev, particularly. He's a lot younger. Uh, ironically, Sergachev was a Montreal uh, Canadian at one point before he got traded. So that's a little bit of a narrative that could play into this too. But Sergachev, Maroon, those guys are susceptible to dumb penalties. It could end up biting them if Montreal 
guys like did you see Corey Perry coming up and just giving uh, Maroon and Sergachev a bit of the business? You know, that'll <clears throat> excuse me, that'll be a big factor for Tampa in terms of them staying out of the box because their guys, you know, they have a lot of uh, grit as well and attitude. And it's cost them a little bit in the Islander series, even though the Islander power play is awful. Montreal's power play is better. It's not as bad. So it will end up costing them if they continue to take those penalties they did in the conference final. Yeah. They got to stay disciplined. Sorry, Frank, go on. Yeah. I think, I think Montreal has to find a way to stop Braden point 14 goals in, in 18 playoff games. I think he scored a goal in his last 10 games overall now. Uh, no, he didn't score in game seven. He didn't go, so it stopped at nine. He's he's definitely someone they're going to have to target and keep an eye on because he's scoring big goals at, yeah. at big moments, carrying the team. And if Kucherov is out or not at 100% capacity, you know, it's all going to fall on on him to continue the way he's played. And and he carries that team. He's been playing very well. So they're really going to have to look at him. He's, he's a spark plug on that team right now. The whole team follows him. He, he's got that. He's got that playoff magic that they all talk about. He got hot at the right moment, and that, that's what I was talking about. It, it all sometimes comes down to the hot player or the hot team, and Tampa Bay is bringing a lot of momentum into this. Seven-game win or not, they all had three or four days off to rest now. Um, other than Kucherov, I believe everyone's pretty much healthy. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. Yeah, and game was – you say, oh, if, if Tampa Bay does go on to win – which a lot of people are expecting, you know, I think Braden point, you've got to give him the consummate, you know, you don't yeah. put up, you don't put up yeah. those kind of numbers and don't get rewarded for it somehow. Well, assuming they win the guy who set the record, Reggie Leach, they didn't, they didn't win the finals that year, but you know, right. Absolutely. He, he literally said, I don't know if it was an NHL record, but he set a franchise record for most consecutive games. And I think it ended it with what, eight, uh, nine or 10, nine uh, until nine. nine. There you yeah, go. The, the, the record is 10 from Reggie Leach. Oh, well, as far as playoffs yeah. go. As so he, far as he, playoffs he, go. I thought he might have tied it, but he so he got to nine, which is still that. And the, the most dangerous thing about Tampa, too, they don't even need a good chance. They just need a, a any shot. Any shot from any one of those forwards can go in, and there's a good chance that it might. It's yeah, ridiculous. And, yeah, and one last thing, games that are played in Montreal – Tampa wants to win on the road there. They got to, I think they got to score early. Say what you will. You know, I don't think has Canada, you know, increased the seating capacity yet. No, I, I think they're still I under 50%. Okay. Well, Habs fans are still known to be loud. They're known to be crazy. They got to silence that at arena somehow. If they, the best way to do that, set the tone early, score first. And Montreal, when they score first, they show that they can control the pace of the game. So who scores first in these games is going to be very telling to how the pace of the game will go. All right, guys, let's get into our predictions. Frank, you want to go first? I called it before. I'm calling Tampa in six. I just think they're going to have a lot more momentum. Um, I think they will be scoring first. And if they don't score first, they have the power to come back. I don't think Montreal has faced a complete team the way the Lightning are on all ends of the ice, offense, defense, goaltending. Uh, definitely a tough battle for them. Not that they can't overcome it. I just think Tampa Bay is going to have too much for them. Yeah. Now I'd have to, my brain, the hockey brain, obviously you can't bet against Tampa. You can't get bet against the defending champs who have just managed to get to the second straight final. And yeah, it's a tall order for Montreal. Can they do it? Yes. My heart wants to say the Habs do it in six, but my brain is telling me that the lightning take care of it in six 
they'll probably win their second cup in Montreal. Yeah, I too am picking Lightning in six, which obviously now we know it's going to happen. We keep picking against Montreal. (laughs) They end up, you know, proving us wrong. They've done the previous three rounds. So, yeah, any Habs fans, you know, listening to to this, I guess you can take It's nothing new to them. Yeah, you can take this with a grain of salt. We've all been wrong the previous three rounds, but yeah. I would love to be wrong. I would love it. It would be cool to see. I I hold nothing against the Habs, but, you know, but like you said, brains. Yeah. My heart says Habs. My brain says lightning. So any thoughts before we wrap up, guys? I I wanted to ask. I'm curious, Frank. I'm curious because this we I touched this with Jack. This has nothing to do with the playoffs at all. I just could. Now we're here. The Rangers, right? Because you got to start thinking off season now. They got Gallant. They got their guy. You know, shelf life be what it may. Just within his last couple of jobs, that's irrelevant. That's not important because they got the best available coach to them. Are the Rangers in the playoffs next year, and why are they in the playoffs? Because I think that they're will be back. Uh, with the same lineup, they're not in the playoffs next year. You don't think so? The, the coach is not going to improve their fourth line deficiencies. It's not going to improve their center problems. You, you really? know something? Yeah, I don't. I don't see the Rangers need. How do I say it? Grab stuff. Grab stuff that came up. Is, is not a fourth line player. He's going to have to get moved up somehow. They have mm-hmm. a lot of problems with the center position. Not that they're bad. They need a strong fourth line. That's what the NHL is right now. They don't have that. Rooney was all right. Howden was a failure at center. Ugh. And you cannot. A, a, a coach is great, but he's just the starting point. I, I even wrote about that last week. Now, Drury's hard work really begins. How do you get the team that Gallant wants on the ice with Gallant? Because Gallant can only coach the 23 guys that Drury gives him. Right. Good right. or bad. Good, good, good or bad. You, you know, what happens with Buchnevich? What, what happens, you know, can Hedl step up again? Uh, Lafreniere, I think it's going to be phenomenal next season. Um, and I like what Gallant said. Everyone's got a shot to make any line. The kids don't have their opportunities. That's all well and good. They have a lot of third and fourth line players. Gauthier, DiGiuseppe, uh, Howden, Rooney. It, it, it needs to get all ironed out. You need better players to play with Kraftstar. If he's going to be on the third or fourth line, you need a strong center. Gotcha. You need four lines. Look at the playoffs. Look, look at these teams right now. Four solid lines up and down, guys. The Rangers don't have that. So if you don't improve on that, can just a coach change and find what were the Rangers out? Five wins? It's hard to do. You know, I mean, he's good, and they're going to want to play hard for him. I don't know if one coach can do it, like my, just a coach. My follow-up to that is what does the package look like? Because I am convinced, I am convinced Eichel goes to either the Rangers or Vegas. What does the package look like if you're the Rangers, if you're uh, – well, it's not even Gordon. I was about to say Jeff Gordon. If you're Chris <laughs> Drury, if you're Chris Drury and you're on the phone with uh, with Buffalo. <clears throat> excuse uh, me. You guys are going to – you guys are going to hate me. I I am not the biggest Eichel fan out there. Really? I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm indifferent to him. I'm indifferent to him. I'm not, I'm wow. not, I don't, I'm not saying that he's a, a bad player. He, he's not Panarin. Like when the Rangers were looking for Panarin, I wanted Panarin. I, I like Eichel. I think he's good. I think he plays really well. But now, do you want to give up a Kako no. and a Hedo or maybe a Buchnevich? I don't know. I'm not saying it'd be bad, but you know, you spent these last couple of seasons 
developing, use Hito really quick as an example. He didn't want to get sent back home. He wanted to go to the AHL to get better. He did. He came up. I think he's the epitome of when you want to see a homegrown player develop, and he's right where we want him now. I, I thought he's taken faceoffs pretty well. He mm. plays a great two-way game. It might be a little different on the Gallant, but on the Quinn, he played a great two-way game. Now you're going to take him and package him with maybe a cockle, which I think everyone's giving up on him a little too early, mm. and Buchnevich because of his RFA status to bring in Eichel. I, I'm of two minds about it. It might work with a new head coach and a whole fresh start theory, but I think anything that has Eichel in it, fans are going to bitch that they lost someone they really wanted to keep. Yeah, so it's, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's half dozen dozen of the other kind of a deal. If he comes to New York, God, I hope he plays lights out. I would love to see it. I think anywhere he goes, it's going to be better for him. I think he's just burnt in an organization that did nothing for him the last five years. No, nothing at all. 100. Less, less than nothing. Less I mean, than, he, yeah. he, didn't have, he didn't have much of anything to worry. It was him. And then it became Rasmus Dahlin when he got Rasmus here. And then Dahlin already and taken really... steps back. And now Buffalo has the first overall pick. Who do you even take out of this draft? In, in a paper-thin draft where the kids haven't even played, like, standard hockey over the last year. So this entire draft is more or less like this is the biggest cra- This is the biggest crapshoot in the NHL Ever. draft history. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. and I That's I, why I think the Rangers are going to trade the 15th pick, to be honest with you. I think they're going to throw that into a deal. And that would or be I smart. Go, maybe not. I, the 15th round pick is the Rangers have been really successful with their last three drafts. Okay, Andre Miller, Kraftstoff, Hedo, yeah. Kako, Lafreniere. The luck is going to run out. Let's let's all be realistic about that. Not every pick is going to be right. where everyone stays in the NHL. We know how that goes. Especially yeah. this Trade, year. Trading 15 is not a horrible. It probably gets you a decent NHL-ready player now. You might want to throw that into a deal with Eichel and maybe – you can hold on to one of the kids, but you know, Buffalo is going to want the world to trade their number one. Yeah, but he's, he's number one from a couple of years ago. It's, it's, and he hasn't really as great as he is. And he's their captain. They never gave him the talent around him to really show what he can do. So no. I think he just wants to go to a team that can compete. Or the, or the Well, that, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. So I think he just wants to go where he can compete wherever it may be. Except for I'll, maybe I'll tell you, I, I have, yeah, I mean, one, I, 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 I Sorry, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I personally don't really – I won't be upset if the Rangers don't get Eichel because when I look at the roster and, like, the type of players we have, he's not the type of player we necessarily need. They need grit. They need strength. You know, I the only guy you could really argue on that's on the Rangers roster that brings grit and strength is Chris Kreider, and, you know, he doesn't do that every night. But, yeah, I think the Rangers – if they make, you know, add a little bit of grit, a little bit of strength, I think they do make the playoffs next year, but they get bounced in the first round. But you know what? That's fine. You know, Jury said the, for the playoffs, process, that's good. Yeah. Jury said, you know, the playoffs are not a mandate, but you know, that is the goal for next year. Next year's the year for them, you know, go to the playoffs, get your ass kicked a little bit, and, you know, grow from there. So, yeah. I agree. I, I, I honestly I agree think. I honestly think, like Frank said, it's a really good idea to trade the pick this year just because of how much of a crapshoot it is. Personally, I think they take either one of Kako or Lafreniere, one of their, like, probably not Laf. It would probably be a Kako or a similar type of guy who's had a few years, hasn't necessarily, like, maybe maybe didn't line up to their expectations in year whatever. They take this year's first, maybe next year's first, one of those guys, whatever. I think that Eichel finds his way on this team because the grit that they need – 
will come cheap. I mean, those guys you hand out like maybe a couple, like two, three years at maybe two million per. I mean, in terms of the cap, that's peanuts. Plus, you reinforce your center depth. Excuse me. <clears throat> you got a little bit more punch. And I genuinely think that Eichel's one of the best centers in the league. Like you said, he's just never had the ability to showcase that right. talent. You put them, I mean, not that they would put them on the same line, but a power play with Eichel, Panarin, Fox, Pride. Yeah, there's a lot of power. There's yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah. Gives them a, a lot, lot of potential juice. there. The, the problem with that is the, the stories or the rumors that I've read just through Twitter, like everyone else, is that Quinn didn't give a lot of his younger players a fair opportunity. I mean, that's just things that you hear and, and read about. And if that should be true, you might owe it to Kako to give him another season. I thought Kako played much better, like, as the season went on. Absolutely. He became, a, he yeah. became like a two-way player. He's be- mm-hmm. Now I see what people mean when they say he's similar to Barkov. He played – when he's confident, he plays well on both sides of the ice. You know, when he's confident, he's getting involved in plays. He's making plays on the boards. Like, he'll force turnovers. He might not always put up a point. But, you know, his point totals aren't sexy. But you know what? He's doing what he needs to do. And I think next year, I don't think he'll average a point of, per game next year. But you know what? I think he'll put up a pretty good numbers next year. But, see, that's the problem with anyone the Rangers consider trading. Anyone you trade might look like it's a bad move. And, you know, so Drury has to be real careful. You know, he made his first big move, big splash, getting Gallant. But now when, when you start trading a Kako, a Hedl, uh, a Buchnevich, mm-hmm. he, he's going to take a lot of he's going to take a lot of heat for it, depending on of who course. he trades and what's in the package. But if you want to get better, you got to trade a top six guy. It's trading the, the bottom, other, other than, you know, a, a Hedl, where I really want to see him trade. You're not going to trade Kraft stuff because he showed that he can play. And he could spark players around them, which a lot of guys didn't recognize. The Krabs had made a weak fourth line a lot better because of his his skill and what he can do. I, I look forward to seeing that in a whole season now. So there aren't a lot of players that the Rangers could really move th- that Buffalo would be interested in. So it, it's a tough it's it's a tough decision. It's a tough move. I can see why he wants to do it. You're not going to make it, it. Makes no sense to go into the season with the same team that didn't make the playoffs. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. And one last thoughts from me before we wrap up here. I think the most, I think the guys who are in the danger zone, if they're in the Rangers on the Rangers roster or in their farm system uh, in danger of being traded are probably their defensive prospects. Well, other than Adam Fox, you know, Keandre Miller, maybe Nils Lundqvist, they, they might be thinking, all right, we're pretty good defensive wise. Maybe we could sacrifice one of these guys to get like an Eichel or something. Someone like that, you know. Sure. It's going to cost them something like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Matt. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, Frank. It was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Frank, for coming on. If you want to see more of Frank's work, check out Empire Sports Media. Is that right, Frank? Empire Sports Media? That's correct. Yep. Empire Sports Media, Forever Blue Shirts, Ranger Proud on Twitter and Facebook. I'm even nice to the Islander fans once in a while. Well, mainly just to Matt, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's one of he's one of seven Islander fans we like. Well, anyway, that we exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, I don't know what I don't know when this will be uploaded. Maybe right now it's before game one. We'll either upload this right before game one or definitely before the, game three. That absolutely. much we can guarantee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who knows when people listen to this? They might someone's already gonna have an, a one zero series lead, but by the time yeah, most yeah, people yeah. listen to it. Anyway, thanks for coming on, guys. 
This Thanks, Jack- everybody, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. This is Jackknife alongside Big Red and Frank Curto. Have a wonderful night, everyone. <laughs>